Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode 53. You can find the links to everything we talk about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash BOM53. And I, my studies this week, well, first off, I haven't recorded an episode and there's a good reason for that. I've been studying, but my daughter and my kids are home, obviously, because of quarantine and the stay at home orders and whatnot. My daughter for, um, for her PE, uh, requirements for school has been participating in a inter-school, um, running challenge to see whether her school, which is the fifth and sixth grade can beat the middle school, which is seventh and eighth grade, and how many miles they run this week. And so what's been happening is after my workout in the morning, uh, my daughter has been running a mile and wanting me to run with her. So I've been doing that. And that has taken up the time that I typically use to record the podcast. So it's for good reason, but I do apologize for not having an episode. And I'm still alive, which is good. The Monday when we ran, I was I was studying and my daughter came down and said, okay, I want to I want to run. Will you run with me? And I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of studying. I need to record the podcast. And I was like, no, you know what? This is important. I'll do it with her. And so we don't went out to, to run and I almost died because my workout that morning, I had already, I'd done a bunch of uh, push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, other strength training. And then had also, as part of that workout, had to run uh, just under three quarters of a mile, uh, in the middle of, of doing the other stuff. And so I'd already ran over half a mile and then she wanted me to run a mile and I almost died. <laughs> I was tired by the end of it, but anyway, so we've been running every morning. We didn't this morning because, uh, my kids and my kids go to their in-laws on, on Wednesdays, um, and hang out with them while my wife's at work. So I get to record a podcast today, but that's why I haven't had an episode. Uh, so it's been for good reason, but my study has been weird. You know, we're, we're studying Mosiah 7 through 10 this week, and this is where we learn about King Limhi, and this is where we get the first glimpse of, of uh, King Noah and, and the first reference to Abinadi. And as we were reading through this as a family was when I realized, and I'm sure I've noticed it before, but it was the first time I'd realized, oh my gosh, like he's referencing Abinadi. He's talking about Abinadi. He's saying that because they killed Abinadi, that is why they've been uh, they've been punished and they're being afflicted like they are. And I'd never noticed that before. But as I was reading, my my study ended up in the last three days, it's really went from Mosiah 7 to Mosiah 20. 
And I've been looking at different things. And, and here's the reason, because I started thinking about it and realizing, okay, we have King Limhi, who when Ammon and his brethren come, King Limhi is a very faithful person. He hasn't been baptized because there's nobody to baptize them, but he has been very faithful. And he understands that that uh, what his father had done was wrong. And he he's as Ammon shows up, he's telling his people, uh, you know, as, as we read in, in Mosiah 7, he's telling his people, uh, you know, lift up your heads and rejoice. Put your trust in God, in that God who was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and also that God who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and caused that they should walk through the Red Sea on dry ground and fed them with manna that they might not perish in the wilderness and many more things that he do for him. So he had a, a good, solid understanding of the gospel. And so I started thinking about it. It's like, okay, well, let's, it's interesting because, okay, this is Limhi and he's been very faithful, but his father is one of the more wicked people, certainly one of the more wicked rulers in the Book of Mormon. I mean, he is a bad dude and the people he surrounds himself are bad dudes. I mean, the, the, you know, as we read through Mosiah 7 through 20, like, the priests of Noah caused all sorts of issues for years. And, you know, they, they had Abinadi put to death. They tried to kill Alma. You know, we, you know, and so, but then you have Zenith, who uh, wasn't a bad person. Zenith was, uh, he, he was, he was mentioned, and, and even Limhi, who is his grandson, mentions him as being overzealous. A little over anxious, a little too too excited and too motivated to to uh, you know inherit the land of his fathers, but he was righteous. You know, in Mosiah eleven, it says that he was a righteous man. In Mosiah eleven one, it says, um, "Is it eleven one?" Yeah. In Mosiah 11.1, 1, it says that Zenith conferred the kingdom upon Noah, one of his sons. Therefore, Noah began the reign in his stead, and he did not walk in the ways of his father, and he did not keep the commandments of God. So Noah didn't do the things his father did by, by not keeping the commandments of God and by having wives and concubines and all these things. So, and so Zenith obviously did those things. So we have Zenith, who was a righteous man. Then we have Noah, who was a very unrighteous man. I mean, I looked at the, you know, I looked through and, and and what I did was I, I listed the attributes of Zenus. Um, and so Zenus was the one, Zenith, not Zenus. Zenith was the one, if you, if you look in, you know, Limhi talks about his father. And, and in Omni, it talks about how the person um, that was the leader that went up with Zenith, um, it says that he was a, um, and where is it here? Well, that's where it's a Mormon. That's why I can't find it. I'm like, where is it? Uh, let's see. You know, there was a large number that went up to possess the land of inheritance, and they went up in the walls. Their their leader, being a strong and mighty man and a stiff necked man, he caused contention among them, and they were all slain. And they returned. It came to pass that they also took others to a considerable number and took their journey into the wilderness. And then, if you read. In where was it? Um, where, where was it that he talks about that? Uh, 
uh, it talks about how, oh, I think it was in the record of Zenith. Yeah, the record of Zenith. Um, and it's, it's Zenith writing the record. And he says that, um, that he was part of this group that went up and he wasn't the leader, but that he was sent to be a spy and look at the Lamanites so that they could see where they were. And so the army, the people could uh, kill them so that they could, they could take the land. And it says that he saw that there was good among them and he didn't want them to be destroyed. And it says he contended with his brethren in the wilderness. Uh, and he says, for I would that our rulers should make a treaty with them. But he being a, an, an austere and a bloodthirsty man commanded that I should be slain. But I res, I was rescued by the shedding of much blood. And so Zenith says, look, I wasn't, I wasn't the one that was fighting. I wasn't the leader. At first I thought when I looked at these things, I thought that was Zenith. But Zenith wasn't the leader. But he was a righteous man because he didn't want to kill the Lamanites. He wanted to make some sort of treaty with them. Um, so you have Zenith, who's a very righteous person. And then you look at Noah. And you say, okay, well, he's, his father is this righteous man. Um, and I kind of I kind of – it makes me wonder when it says that he had three sons. Or it says he conferred upon one of his sons. So there was other sons, and he picked Noah to be the leader. And my first thought is, okay, well, if Noah was chosen to be the leader and he was so wicked, what were the other sons like? <laughs> I mean, was he the best option? But you look at Noah, and Noah, it says that he he didn't walk in the ways of his father. He didn't keep the commandments of God. He walked after the desire of his own heart. He caused the people to sin. He was lazy. Uh, he surrounded himself with those who wouldn't condemn him. You know, he 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 basically dismissed all the priests of his father and called and, and brought priests around him that would support and sustain what he wanted to do, not what was right. And we see that with Abinadi, where Abinadi says, look, you, you teach these things, but you don't do them, which makes me wonder what Alma was like, that he was brought in by King Noah. Um, you know, he was, he was certainly, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more later, but he was certainly later was, was touched by what Abinadi said and was converted. But at some point he wasn't because he was one of the ones that King Noah picked. And he was one of the ones that, that obviously was chosen because he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't condemn King Noah and what King Noah was doing. So it, that's interesting. But so you have King Noah, who's this really, really bad dude. And then you have Limhi, who reigns in his father's stead once his father is chased out and flees to the wilderness with his priests. Limhi becomes king. And if you look at the attributes of, of Limhi, you know, in, in Mosiah 19, um, where, where King Limhi takes over, um, it says that there was one of the sons of the king in Mosiah 19.16, sons of the king among those that were taken captive, whose name was Limhi. So he was captured by the Lamanites. Um, and I haven't read all this, so it, it is a little bit, I'm, I'm trying to pick through things here, but it says, um, in verse 17, it says, Limhi was desirous that his father should not be destroyed. Nevertheless, Limhi was not ignorant of the iniquities of his father, he himself being a just man. So you have Limhi, who's a just man. He knew what his father had done. He knew the type of person his father was. He wasn't, he wasn't you know, love was not blind in this instance. Like he didn't want his father to be destroyed. He loved his father, but he also understood the type of man that he was. 
Um, you know, it says that he was a just man. In Mosiah 19.27, it says that when Limhi was made king, he established peace among his people. In Mosiah 20, we have where they're fighting against the Lamanites, and the Lamanite king falls among the dead, but he's still alive, and they bring him to Limhi, and all the people are like, hey, let's kill him. And Limhi's like, nope, let's not. Let you know, bring him to me that I might that I can talk to him. And so he has some, has a conversation with this king of the Lamanites, and he doesn't kill him. So he's merciful. And then in Mosiah seven, you know, this is before they find Alma and his brethren, and they can't be baptized yet because uh, Ammon doesn't believe that he's worthy uh, to baptize them. So if we get to Mosiah, let's see here, where is that at? Mosiah chapter 21, it says that they were uh, desirous to be baptized, King Lemhi and many of his people. And Ammon declined to do this thing, considering himself an unworthy servant. Uh, so they did not join the church, but they wanted to. They wanted to be like Alma, but they couldn't yet. So when Ammon comes, Lemhi has a very good grasp on the gospel. You know, he uses covenant language. You know, he refers to the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, which is specifically, and we've talked about that in different episodes, and I can't remember where it was, so I can't tell you where it was, but it was in a previous episode, where I realized that when you when somebody says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, really what they're doing is they're invoking and they're reminding us of the covenant of Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. And so Limhi has a really good grasp on all these things. Not only that, he he surrounded himself with righteous men. You know, his father got rid of his uh, of his grandfather's priests, brought in priests that would do whatever he wanted, and they were very wicked. And we learned that because they hide out in the woods and they abduct people, uh, the daughters of Lamanites, and cause all sorts of issues. Um, but we find that Limhi surrounds himself uh, apparently with, with righteous men, uh, people like Gideon, you know, Gideon becomes one of the people that we hear about over and over again in the book of Mosiah and the book of Alma as being a very, very righteous man. And it says that the Gideon was his captain in Mosiah 20. It says that, um, Gideon had heard these things. He being the King's captain, he went forth and said unto the King. So he, he has the ear of the king. He's an advisor to the king. He's a captain in his army. And so these are the type of people that Limhi has surrounded himself with. And so here's the question that I asked as I was reading this and I was thinking through the, the genealogy of it and looking at it and saying, okay, well, Limhi is a very righteous man. He's a just man. Um, he knows the gospel. And yet his father was a very, very wicked, very wicked. And so many times, it's very difficult. I mean, we see it all the time. It's very difficult to live the gospel when your parents don't. And obviously, the things that King Noah would have taught his son would have been very different than what the gospel was. And so I asked myself, how does one like Limhi, how does Limhi become so righteous when his father is so wicked? How did he, how did he, how did he get there? And it says nothing about this. So this is pure conjecture. But to me, my thought is that it had to have been the influence of his mother. Nothing's ever mentioned of his mother. And it really doesn't even say if, if Limhi was uh, the daughter of one of, of Noah's wives or one of his concubines, we don't know. You know, and, and, and obviously, as you look through the Old Testament, it's a very normal thing. And as you look through even, you know, the, the history of, of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
it was a very normal thing that that the and even David. I was reading about King David the other day, and and realizing that, you know, and I, I knew this before, but I was reminded of it that Solomon was the the, the son of Bathsheba, who was the, the the wife that David wasn't supposed to take, the one that God didn't give him. So, and I listened to it made me think of this. I listened to an Orson Scott Card book um, called Stone Tables. It's really, really good. It's it's like a drama, a dramatization of um, the story of Moses. And when you think about how in Egypt and stuff with with many wives and concubines and stuff, like just because they were a child or a son of the king or the pharaoh in that case, but in this case, the king doesn't mean that necessarily he was around him all the time. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that that uh, his mom was around him all the time. You know, if she was a, a concubine or something, she may not have been around him very much. And so it makes me wonder if, if his mom was a believer and was faithful to the gospel and was just caught up in the fact that King Noah did pretty much whatever he wanted. And, uh, you know, she was just kind of caught in that. But it seems like, and my assumption is that King Limhi's mother taught him the gospel and provided that gospel foundation for him. Because how else do you get to that point? I mean, how else do you learn the gospel in such a way as he did so that he was prepared when Ammon came to be able to mention to his people about the Abrahamic covenant and about what God had done for them and, and rehearse stories from the scriptures and all these things? I mean, Certainly, I don't think King Noah was one that was reading the scriptures at night with his family. <laughs> so how does one get to that point? I think it's just another instance in the Book of Mormon of where it points out the importance and the value of a mother and a mother's teachings. And like I said, it doesn't say that explicitly anywhere in here. But I think my unofficial, you know, the uh, not the gospel according to Mark, but um, you know, the unofficial commentary of Mark is that King Limhi's mother had a massive impact on his life. And she is the reason that when he was made king, when he was set over this people, when his father was what ran, you know, turned tail and ran, uh, that he was able to to bring the people back to the gospel a little bit and to recognize that they were being punished because of the, the sins of his father and his father's priests and all those things. And really get them back on track so that they were prepared to accept the gospel when Ammon came and shared with them about uh, King Mosiah and and uh, the the ability to be an interpreter and uh, you know that he was a seer and he could translate records and all these things and and to have faith. So to me, as I was studying, like I said, this was a really weird study because it spanned you know fifteen chapters that we aren't even supposed to be reading yet. Uh, but that's what I got from it. You know, asking myself, how does a person become that? Because I've known people that their parents aren't active uh, and they still go to church, but it, it's not the norm. And even then they have a support system of some sort, you know, whether it's, it's quorum or class advisors or friends that go to the church or something like that. Like they don't, it doesn't just happen. There has to be that support system. So maybe it was Limhi, you know, maybe it was the fact that Limhi had some buddies in his deacon's quorum. Uh, that that made sure that he knew the gospel and invited him to to mutual or young men's activities and those types of things. Maybe it was, but I really, really believe, and, and I think that it's probably, and I can't wait to find out someday, 
you know, if we meet Lim High in heaven to find out what influence his mother had on him. Because I think that is the most logical reason that Limhi, coming from such an unrighteous father, such a wicked man, really, one of the worst people. I mean, if I remember right in, in the book of Alma, I think it, you know, it talks about the fact that, you know, I mean, King Noah is kind of held up as the example of what the bad things that can happen when you have a king. Uh, <laughs> so with that being the case, he's a really bad dude. And yet Limhi wasn't. He was a really, really good dude. Um, and, and I really think that comes down to the influence and the impact of a righteous mother. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I can't prove that that's the case, but that's just my feeling. And so it was a really neat study to, to look at the attributes of, of Zenus, Limhi's grandfather of Noah, Limhi's father, and then the attributes of Noah and see how it just kind of skipped the generation, you know? And, and also we don't know, I mean, who knows how old Limhi was when, when Zenith passed away. Um, maybe it was partly the influence of his of his grandfather and his grandmother too. I mean, that's certainly possible. I don't know, but um, it's just interesting to to think about and wonder how Limhi could have such a strong um, sense of right and wrong, such strong morals uh, when his father didn't. And it could be certainly the blessings of the spirit as well. But I, I really think I feel like it may have something to do with. Uh, about his mother and what his mother perhaps uh, was able to teach him and instill in him as he was, as he was growing up. So anyways, you can get the links to everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B O M 53. And I'll try to put the links to all those things that I mentioned. There's a lot of different scriptures. And like I said, it spanned a lot of different uh, chapters in Mosiah, but I'll try to get them all in there. Um, and you can see all those and, and kind of follow my thought process with regards to um, each of their attributes. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.